0: three welcome dear listener to another geeking on sports cast as always my name is kieran and we are back today alex thank you for being here hey um, oh hey oh indeed now a lot of things have happened but I, first thing i want to get into yeah, right we're, we're going to be talking mainly nhl today or we're going to only be talking about NHL, NHL today yeah. um before we dive into the substance i mean cases are getting bad uh, should teams really be playing right now i mean personally i i don't think i think there should be Uh, maybe a couple week break i mean teams are adding players to the COVID list as if there's no tomorrow kind of thing i mean it's it's really crazy should they uh you know postpone the league for maybe a couple weeks to a month perhaps
1: um should they that's probably a different question than will what will they um just elliot friedman reported today about maybe an hour or two ago that um, the Flames, the Avalanche, and, and the Florida Panthers are, are, are not playing till Christmas. Today we are the, what, uh, I think we are the 17th. Is that correct? Yep, that we are the 17th. So um, that's maybe, what, three, four games max. And then obviously you have an extra day, a couple of days until, because the NHL doesn't play on Christmas Eve or on Christmas. So you basically are giving yourself about 10 days for hopefully the outbreaks to end. Um, but with Omicron, it doesn't look like that way. Um, they have enforced the NHL. I think it was everything's been happening so fast as it has been for the world these days with Omicron. But I believe they passed very similar protocols to what was um, in place during last season, um, where basically NHL players are st- stuck to their homes or hotel rooms and not really fraternizing with other people and going out. Now, how adherent will they be Um, I don't know I think uh, Nick Cousins on the Predators already mentioned a day or two ago that he'd like the NHL season to basically be put on pause Mm -hmm. Um, which was
0: not met very nicely with the league no
1: um, of course of course not Um, I don't see them doing so um, the whole league um, although a lot of insiders like LeBron, Elliot Friedman are saying, and I think Emily Kaplan of ESPN and the athletic, I think she's the athletic as well. Um, uh, mentioned that they, that they're not talking about postponing it as well. The NHL, like the insiders have, have been saying that so far. So, but anything can change. Um, I will say one thing is, especially in the States like Florida, Nashville, Um, especially these Southern, like not to get too political, but these Southern states are really not in um, the mood for it. And um, it doesn't seem as though any of these players so far have been getting really sick. So, because I think only one -er, NHLer is unvaccinated. So um, I guess we'll just wait and see, but um, I mean, the good thing is it doesn't seem as though this new variant with people um, or at least players so far, um are getting super sick but who knows right so um especially when you have a like a, a team like the Flames where it's similar to the Canucks last year where they have what like three people on the team that haven't got covid yeah um it is so. pretty
0: brutal i think their roster includes like mangiapani Kachuk and maybe one defenseman like Valimaki or yeah something
1: they, like. I believe two or three more players got put on it today um or yesterday yes. so uh I do think they'll keep pushing forward, mostly because of, um, because it's because of um, like the the teams in the U.S. and just the apathy for any kind of shutdown there. Um, but who knows? Like, if teams all have COVID, what will they do? And if if they change the policies, um, as in, you know, there's some people in the states that think if you're asymptomatic, you should be able to play with COVID, um, which I, you know, can definitely argue against. But that, again, if that's something that were to happen, then that would also have to be negotiated with the Players Association and obviously the coaches as well. So,
0: um, right. It's also to say not every player feels the need to stop, but there are definitely those that are concerned and, and are rightfully so to be concerned about everything. Uh, you, you don't want to pass it along to your family or your children or, or whomever, right? Like. I mean, there is definitely understanding to be, you know, concerned and, and cautious, but um, I don't think every player is feeling that way. So uh, perhaps until every player does, they're just going to keep on going.
1: I will say an interesting thing because you always know with Gary Bettman, it's always about the money. Um, the game against Boston and Montreal at the Bell Center on tomorrow, which which would have been played tomorrow, got postponed. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because of the Bruins outbreak, um, because right now the Bruins are slated to play the Sens. Um, the difference is, is that last night the Habs um, were told by the provincial government to play with no fans, and um, that obviously loses a lot of money. Yeah, the Habs are actually first in attendance this year, um, considering how bad they've been. It's a, It's a testament to their – to their fan base, like, and I'll shout out Olivier just cause he's part of the fan base, albeit cannot go to the games. Um, but, uh, so I think for Canada it might be different because if let's say they change the rules in certain provinces, um, they might I have DC.
0: They just said now uh, 50% yeah. attendance in uh, Vancouver. And I think it's 50% in Toronto and Ottawa as well. Yeah,
1: it's going to be 50. I am slated to go to the game on Sunday, but that will be, um, interesting to see. And they just announced actually for Ontario that at games, you can't buy food or drink, um, basically a so, so you
0: have to keep your mask, keep your mask on. on.
1: Yeah. Which I actually do like, um, the move by, by the provincial government. So, um, yeah, anyways, let's, let's talk some hockey. I I've been really excited to, to, to talk some hockey. It's been a while. Um, obviously I think it was good to talk about COVID situation cause you can't really not, it's the elephant in every room At the right, Um, but huge news in the hockey world today. Some Paul Maurice resigned out of nowhere, and Dave Lowry is taking charge. The the dad of Adam Lowry, which is quite funny for me, um, and I think a lot of people when they find that out. Um, But yeah, I I I guess I'll take this, Kieran. Or do do you have anything you want to add? Well, Elvin,
0: I I think we were talking a bit about can they rebound um, from this? You know. The jets yeah can the jets kind of like refine or find some you know the level that they were playing at before and i think if if you can see vancouver playing better with a new coach and and uh with a change in environment granted the change in environment in vancouver is more immense in nature than yeah. uh what happened and what's happening in winnipeg wow. but um a change in pace a change in leadership a change in uh voice can can do a lot of things so um I think we will see a positive change. Although I would note Paul Maurice is not a bad coach. He's a crazy good coach. I mean, he, he won the cup with Carolina, didn't he? Or am I thinking, but
1: he made the finals. He made the finals
0: with Carolina. Yeah. Regardless he's in a, he's a really good coach. So um, you are, you are losing something there, but I mean, depending on who they bring in, I mean, you said Lowry, I, I don't, sorry, Lowry's father, um, I don't know him very well. And I mean, you have to tell me, like, is he a competent coach? Is he ready to na- take the next step in the NHL? He
1: he uh he was the coach, he's been an assistant in the league for a while. He he also coached at the junior level. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he was necessarily the, the man in charge. They had a guy named Pascal Vincent, um, who was the longtime assistant coach in, in Winnipeg, and he just moved to columbus this season as an associate coach which is essentially the second in command um -hmm. so he would have been the prime kind of successor uh, if this were in the off season i'd imagine so um i'm not saying dave lowry can't be bad i am a bit worried about nepotism um just in that locker room uh just i i'm not saying um, it's necessarily a bad thing, but I'd find it hard not to think if Lowry is playing over <clears> other guys. He seems like a great teammate, but that's another dynamic which I don't really love. Um, mm. It does seem from all indications that they aren't chasing after another coach, that Lowry will be the coach till the end of the year. Um, some names that have been popped up, um, at least right now, is Claude Julian as a successor, which I actually wouldn't be necessarily against. I think he's a good coach. Um, and I think he shouldn't have got fired in Montreal, honestly. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, what what the reason why Maurice is saying it? Albeit um, some reporting from Ken Weeb from Sportsnet said that there was some chatter about maybe him being on the hot seat, which I think is right. This team's 13-10 and five um, definitely should be a better team than that. Um, haven't had the hardest schedule. Have have lost some games where they've dominated really poor teams. And just couldn't score um, but at the same time you know it, it's a results driven league and he's been there for a long time and as he said he said they just need a new voice Maurice kept saying that in his press conference like the guys treat me well I have nothing they've been great you know professional yeah, well, but he, they, they need a new voice right so um, I think there's something to that
0: well he, he's been there for what six Seven? Eight, eight and a half. Eight seasons, right. So that's a pretty long tenure for an NHL coach, given that most are fired after what feels like at least three seasons, three or four seasons. So um, if you double that, uh, you're doing quite well. Um, ownership likes you, team likes you, and, and so on. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, after eight years, I, I think a change is it's necessary. And one that should be welcome. Um, now is this a permanent replacement from Lowry or is this just a temporary? no it didn't
1: I mean it doesn't mean like when actually when Maurice took charge to begin with, he was interim. They fired Claude Noel. Um, I think it was the 2014 season, but I could be mistaken. Um, and then he he was the interim, and then they did decently, and then he stuck on as obviously permanent. So that could happen. I, I think. Depending obviously like how Lowry does. If this team makes a huge run in the playoffs, wins the cup or goes super St. Far.
0: Louis vibes.
1: Yeah. Or Pittsburgh twice. Um with Crosby. Uh that's
0: Sullivan. Yeah.
1: Dan Vilesma in, in 09 as well was he he replaced Tarian Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's that's something in mind. I think this team is a cup contender if they're playing well. I think they're that deep. Um But uh, again, if you look at their underlying numbers, I looked a little bit, their Corsi's six. The problem is, is that uh, Hellebuck's been not very great, not bad. He still has a 9.15 save percentage. Shifley hasn't been well, good, but also his underlying um, (laughs) numbers defensively are atrocious. So I'll get into that maybe a bit later. But um, this team, no one's really been playing really well, except Kyle Connor. And Pierre-Luc Dubois and everyone else has had a down year, um, so I guess that's kind of hopefully the the law of large numbers comes back and the Jets start winning a bit more games.
0: But is that is that regression just more? I mean, is that is that what this team is though? Like, or or are they playing worse than they should be? Because I mean, you could also make the note that they overperformed at times. Last season and season before, um, perhaps now they're going back to the level that they should be at. I
1: I, I would disagree because of the decor. Um, just because the in years past, it wasn't their Ford group that was the problem. It was they didn't have a good decor. As you know, in Vancouver, the the, the feeling when you have a good Ford, right? Not a so the company.
0: the acquisition of Dylan and and uh, Schmidt,
1: really who who have been that. very solid, but not. Schmidt's been very good offensively um, but again those guys are in their 30s now um, but then again they're still NHL top four defensemen um, maybe with Dylan if he's your fifth defenseman you feel great and if he's at four maybe less so but um, if you look at their decor Stanley's been decent Demello's is always a serviceable defenseman and he's playing as your fifth defenseman it's not they have a decent decor. Now, is it the, the, is it as good as Colorado? No, but is it a good decor? Yeah, for sure. So many
0: are as good as Colorado. I'm just saying it's not a,
1: it's around the league and you're not like, Oh, wow, this decor is completely overmatched in terms of compared to to other teams.
0: It's no Ottawa or Vancouver.
1: No, no. And, and the thing is like, I'm looking at their numbers. Um, They're pretty mediocre. They're not even in the bottom half of the league. They're 13th in goals against. They're 15th in goals for. Their power plays 14th. The big thing that is coaching is this PK is only – the only team worse than them is Vancouver. They have 68%, which is just atrocious, um, which is coaching. That is something that is coaching, and you would not expect – um, a team with Hellebuck and also that decor to be like that, that bad. Right. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that might change under a new coach, kind of like it's been with um, Boos Boudreau in, in, in Vancouver. So th- there's a lot of reasons to feel optimistic um, considering Ehlers, Shifley um, Wheeler was playing, was really starting to play really well and then he's out for a long period of time, which, which is a shame, but,
0: Wait, did he tear his ACL or was that like? A...
1: No, I don't think he tore his ACL, but he he's out for like six to eight weeks or something. Like he's not he's out for a long time. Yeah, um, I think still it's still significant. I injury. don't think it was an ACL, but maybe maybe it was. And they they did.
0: he did well. Maybe okay, but he, he definitely did twist. I mean, six to eight weeks. That's a pretty significant amount.
1: That's it? not an ACL though.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. No, that didn't look good because I think it was a – the Super got
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, you know, what I—the one thing I would say—and I think um, this will probably be my, our last kind of discussion on the Jets, and we'll move on. Um, but talking about like—is it a regression to like the mean? Kind of like with Mark Shifley, like Murad Addis, who I really like out of the Athletic Reader stuff. If you like the the Jets, um, talked about can Shifley be good enough to be your best player or best forward on like a a Cup contender? And he's just so bad defensively. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, If you look at his just even strength differential for centers, he's 56th in the league. Um, And then if you look at basically his wins above uh, replacement for defense, he's 268th in the league (laughs) for forwards. Um, So he's just really, really bad. And he doesn't back check very hard. He's not smart about it. Um, And if that's your top line center and he's going up against McDavid or Dreisaitl or Matthews or whoever, um, you're just giving up grade A chances with him on the ice. Now, is he a really good offensive player? Yes. Even he's had a down year. He still has 17 points in 22 games and he's been really bad offensively. Um, and those are fine numbers. That's like a 70-point season or something, right? So mm-hmm. it's not I'm, – I'm not worried about his offense, but his defense needs to change, and he's almost 30 now. Like, he, you know, when will he change and learn how to, like, back-check hard and, and, and not cheat the game? I don't know. But that's the one concerning thing is you're always at a huge liability defensively with him, but you're also, you know, with – he's decent – kind of even strength just because he's such a good offensive player but
0: yeah he's off contract soon isn't he
1: uh it's not it's not as soon as you think I think it's I'll check give me give me we can right because
0: because my thinking is okay so players such as Pierre-Luc Dubois Ehlers um Connor uh <clears throat> you know I Morrissey just... Hellbuck, mm-hmm. they're younger than um Shifley so if you need to resign him, do you, or if he's going to be off contract soon, do you consider maybe not resigning him and just let Cole Perfetti, you know, build up and then, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois looks really good. Maybe you can continue this, uh, you know, form. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been really good. He's always getting points and he, he's dominating the play. He kind not remind me of like a, 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 perhaps not as good Ryan Getzloff, but maybe yeah. he can get to that level. Yeah. Um, so if that situation were to arise, I mean, would you consider that letting Shifley go? And, and I mean, Wheeler is also pretty old. I mean, he's what? 35 at least.
1: Yeah. I think the Wheeler contract, he's your captain. I don't really know how you trade him. He's making even like significantly more money than Shifley. Shifley is one of those players that's kind of on the McKinnon deal where he's, I mean, McKinnon's a much better player. I'm not trying to equate the two, but Scheifele's p- making $6.125 million for the next two years after this year, right? And has been consistently for, what, three, four years. Um, and, and Wheeler's making eight point two five. I do think that's something you should discuss. Cole Perfetti's looked like a really, really good player as a prospect. And he's going to be in the NHL next year. He can be your second-line center. You can have Dubois as your first-line center, He's been really good. So I think that is something you can think about is maybe trade him for a top end defenseman or or just, you know, prospects that you can turn into another like really high end player like it could be another center. But I think that is a discussion um, Mm. because you're going to have to pay Dubois this year, who's an RFA. Um, They don't have a lot of cap issues because. Uh, or they do, but it, it's it's manageable. Basically, all the, the big players they have coming off this year is um, Dubois and Cop, and and Statsny is too, who's been a really good player actually this year for them. But is is He'll play is, on the wing too, isn't he? Yeah, and he's only getting older, but he's still a really serviceable, smart, really really smart player. Um, but their decor is basically intact for the foreseeable future. So um, I think. I think it is a smart move to look at, um, especially if this team really is unsuccessful this year. If they, let's say, don't make the playoffs, which, you know, they're out of a playoff spot, but it's it's very early. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something you should entertain because I think Kyle Connor's on a bargain of a deal. Um, you're going to have to pay Dubois, and I'd, I'd like to keep Cop. He's a really good defensive player. I, I really like him. Um, I think he's a winning player, so I, I think that's something that they should entertain.
0: He's the kind of player that you need on a Stanley Cup winning team, such as like a Blake Coleman or a Yanni Gourd and, and yeah. players like that. Yeah. Um, notice how I say the two former Tampa Bay Lightning players. Yeah. Uh, they got a lot know. of those. Yeah. Um, out, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, any last bit on Winnipeg Jets or do you want to move on to all Sanders? Um,
1: No, I think, I think that's good. I, I think what will just be interesting is do they, you know, there's been a debate in the hockey world is, is it good to fire coach midseason? to get a rebound effect. Um, obviously Canucks going 6-0 and so far with Boudreaux after looking so bad. Um,
0: Bruce, there it is. is.
1: Yeah, there it is. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see is do they keep kind of middling on um, kind of as a mediocre team or do they kind of play to their potential, which I think is like a top 10 team in the league. So mm. we'll, we'll, only time will tell
0: that will remain to be seen so okay turning over to ottawa uh it seems like dorian broke the headlines by saying the ottawa senders are no longer in a rebuild we are here to win it uh after losing a couple games in a row he went back to say uh okay i what i should have said is Um, the core pieces are here we're still building around that we just still have a little ways to go but we're on the right track and my god are they ever on the right track i mean as you noted batherson 28 22 norris with 22 and 27 i doubted him more than a lot of other people did so i'm pleasantly surprised um brady 22 and 24 shabbat 17 and 26 i mean
1: just, just so the listeners know, he's talking about how many points they have in the amount of games, just to, to clarify. Sorry,
0: yes, yeah, i yes, <laughs> got a little ahead of myself. Yeah. But, you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying before. If these young players can, you know, take the next step, which it seems like they are right now,
1: mm-hmm. then
0: you have a really good team. But if this team did not, if these players could not take the next step and they were more your 40 to 50 point players as opposed to what's likely to be 60 to maybe 75 80 points, perhaps. Yeah. Um, then there'd be some problems. But if they're hitting that 60 to 80 point, then you're good. And this looks really good for the Ottawa Senators it looks good that Brady Kachuk's the captain now. Um, a lot of positives there. I mean, I say that defense needs a lot of work, but you have some. Players coming up through the system, like uh, yeah. Sanderson, Jacob Bernard, Docker, and a few others. So Thomson
1: um, has been good this year, although
0: kind yeah. of. It's not just young players that you need to have come up. You also need to have the right kind of veterans around them, mm-hmm. which I don't think Ottawa really does at this point. No, no. Uh, but you mean take it away? I mean, or before I mention before I forget. Oh, you also mentioned Forsberg has been pretty decent this really year. good, really, uh, really
1: good, really good. The past week
0: we were a little concerned. I Don't know if it was last year or the year before, but um when we when when Ottawa first made the trade with Pittsburgh to acquire Forsberg, uh, oh, no, so I'm thinking of Gustafson. You're talking my about apologies.
1: who's also been good this year, but kind of regressed a little bit. But he's he's looked he's looked good. He's looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But you, you have players that are coming up and that are showing that they can play at the NHL level and that they could actually be good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I, I think. Right now, you can definitely see the core building. Um, basically, right now, you have five guys that you're like you, – as a Sens fan, you're just super excited about. Obviously, the top line that looks – I have not seen a Sens line look that kind of scary offensively, honestly, since the Heatley lead line. Um, now, obviously, they're super young, and it's only been, you know, a quarter, maybe a third of the season, but that Brady – Norris, uh, Brady, Kachuk, Josh Norris, and Drake Batherson line has just looked incredible. Just um, you know, Norris and Batherson are such good skaters, have really good shots, and Brady obviously isn't a great skater, um, but just super hard on the puck and just knows for the net and a really smart player. And obviously Shabbat, after having a kind of uh, a slow start to the era offensively, is kind of rounding up into form. Scored a beautiful goal last night, even though they lost they played tampa and it, it could have gone either way and forsberg was good and they got a, unlucky with a couple penalties that went against them and, mm-hmm. and penalties that they didn't get but in Stutzla, the past maybe 15 games has looked really really good um and i've been scoring oh, a bit.
0: Minus 9 so he needs to get a bit better it, defensively but no um, but
1: he, honestly he he's he's been really good um and he's you know he tr- he always you know like you can tell he tries hard defensively even if he might be like kind of out of position, it's not a lack of effort. He's, he's a puck hound, um, which I really, really like. So I think if you're a Sens fan, you're really excited. Um, But again, I, I've been a very big proponent of Pierre Dorian. I thought he's, I, I I thought, (laughs) or maybe until this year, I thought he had, he's done a relatively really good job. I have no clue why he hasn't addressed the decor. Um, Holden's been all right this year, but, why did we sign Del Zotto? I have no clue. Two years, Whoa. two million, atrocious. Uh, I'm not. I'm not blaming the guy. He seems like a great guy. Good for him. He made the money, but this team last year clearly needed defense, and he did nothing to address it. And I think the the players he's drafted on the defensive side—Bernard Docker, Thompson, Sanderson—looks like he's going to be a stud, like absolute stud mm-hmm. next year.
0: Trade for Ransom
1: yeah, brandstrom has been not a great trade, but, um, and you miss some, but I just don't understand, like, they have so much cap space. Why didn't we make a trade, like, to get Devin Taves, or, you know, those kind of trades where, yeah, you were going to say something.
0: Right, so, so I think the idea there is, okay, we need to get to a certain cap space, like, minimum cap space. Um, our defensemen are not yet ready to take the next step. So if we can just, instead of, you know, doing the Jim Benning and giving ridiculous contracts with length, give a slightly ridiculous contract, but with not a lot of term. And then once those players are, you know, off their contract, once Delzato's off his two years, you have players like Sanderson and Jacob Bernard Docker and so on that can make the next step. And then, You have more cap space to work with. You're not committed to awful contracts. Like a lot of other teams. I'm I'm not saying
1: you need to spend big in free agency, but take advantage of teams that needed to dump guys, right? So, like, look at the Devin Taves deal in 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 is he or am I getting the two guys Uh, No, Ryan Graves. That's who it is. Ryan Graves to New Jersey. Right. That's, but,
0: but Devin Tays ended up going to Avalanche, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: I know. I'm getting I'm getting the two Colorado guys. But, like, make trades for guys for, on teams who are cap-crunched that need to get rid of guys, right? Like, look at even this Nate Schmidt deal, right, to Winnipeg, right? Obviously, it's a bit more con- different because he has a um, no-trade clause and he probably wouldn't come to Ottawa. But I'm just saying those kind of deals where you don't need to spend all this money – you have a, so much draft capital. Just trade a, a a third and a second that you do have. Get a good defenseman on two three years that you know can play, and then make it so that <clears throat> your bot isn't playing thirty minutes a night for no reason. I, I like,
0: but is I, that I, worth I, it right now? Do you need to? Because I don't think the thing I is that, you need to though.
1: But the thing is, the why I disagree is eventually you you're gonna have to pay all these guys, right? And you're lucky right now because, in my opinion, the Shabbat deal is a good deal. Even if it's $8 million, I think it's worth it. Batherson looks like a complete steal right now. He's making four, oh, a bit less than $5 million for another five years after this year. You're going to have to pay Norris. You're going to have to pay Skutzler. You're going to have to pay Sanderson, right? You can't keep all these young guys, even if they turn out great, especially in Ottawa where we have no money, right? So... I think you need to use that kind of pick capital and prospect capital to get guys that can play. Um, and then you, you know, and also obviously the elephant in the room, as you mentioned before, is he said, this team's going to be like competitive. Right. And it hasn't been because he didn't address the defense that he could have easily done without spending eight, $6 million on a Tyler Myers, like a Benning. Right. So, um i just sorry for the the little dig but um planning yeah i welcome it what yeah you <laughs> but you get what i mean so that's the kind of
0: talk about incompetence he yeah, yeah. Is right up so
1: there. so that's basically what i've been upset with and um and i and all of sen's twitter has as well but um i do really like the past little stretches really got me excited for this team and and they should be exciting. And somehow they're 19th in goals four, which just is great. I, I love that. So, um, anyways, but uh I, I think the Sens fan deserve Sens fans deserve this little run. They've won five out of seven playing exciting hockey, beat Florida eight two. I don't think they're gonna have a better win than that this year, so uh yeah, but let's let's get talking some some Canucks let well, before any-
0: we get into that. I think for for reference, so um I'm only seeing Del Zotto in the buried. Section. well they
1: put him on waivers again matt murray that was a big right. of faith he was on waivers he cleared waivers so they're both buried right now and playing in belleville hmm.
0: um i'm seeing the 875 for him but still okay you can readdress it but to to put into perspective the defense core right now is shabbat zaitsev zub holden Mete, bernard docker who he's not playing though is he
1: he will now because Zeitz have just got hurt. He's, he okay. was pulled up, but he wasn't playing because they were winning without him uh, in right. Haddington as well.
0: Yes. And that's the last guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not a stellar lineup. The only person I like there right now is Shabbat. Uh, you mentioned if you watch If, if well. you
1: watch Sen's game, Zub is a very good defenseman. I'm not saying he's, uh,
0: he's good a, defensively. Uh, he's a stay at home. He can
1: he's good at moving the puck, he doesn't get a lot of points, but he's good at moving the puck out. Um, I'd I'd say if he's your third or fourth defenseman, he can actually be that on a really good team. He's he's played that well, he's been really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. And that that's just reference for the listeners. Uh also sounds- a lot of issues, but it's interesting to see that I the way I approach it is differently than you would approach it. So uh one can only imagine how he is. Like, I mean you dorian. just never know you're talking about I, i'm sure there is a plan there. i'm sure dorian has a plan to address that um perhaps the opportunity didn't come up or perhaps he's overjudging what is available in his own uh you know decor end.
1: yeah i mean uh, the, i think next year they have to get one defenseman in this summer um like top 4 doesn't have to be kind of
0: you don't want to overpay though that's the only thing
1: no no and and they have draft capital i I want to double check i think they have one second they have a se- they have
0: they have a second and two and thirds two this thirds. year but no fourth so i think me, the fourth is conditional. for me
1: for me is you find some team that's cap crunch and you give them a second and third or or two thirds and a and a second and you get that that guy um that you know is on maybe a 2 3 years left on his deal 26 to 28 kind of range and is still you know a top four defenseman on a team and 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 you prime out
0: Eric Tchnat
1: Oh my god that that would work what um a lot of sense twitter has been talking about which I actually don't disagree with this move is How Jacob Chikrin is, ta- is trying to get Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona um there's been a lot of player. But, Does he want to
0: leave? I mean, they're going through a new rebuild. I mean, so he's already bad, been
1: through but, rebuilds. but basically giving up a lot of draft capital and, and like a prospect or two to get him, which I wouldn't be against because he's a pretty good player. But that's the kind of move um, that I'd do. I wouldn't do it this year because I'm not giving up my first-round pick this year when we're 29th in the league and we're yeah. on, on a run. But that's the kind of move that you put a first or something, maybe just a first next year and, and a second and a third and maybe a decent prospect um, like Bernard Docker, and you get, like, an established defenseman with two, three years left on on their deal that you know can be top four next year.
0: So it's interesting. Jacob Trickren, so 23 years old. Uh, he is doing – so 26 games played. Seven points, so definitely regression from so, last no, season. But, but that
1: team is so bad. Like
0: it's not it's not comparable. No offense. It surprised yeah. me. Like, how is Arizona not doing worse? Like, I feel like they're doing better than they, did they start the year one, twelve, and one. They're five twenty-one and two. Okay. okay. They have i numbers. i still think it could be worse
1: oh yeah they beat us they beat the jets and we outshot them 40 to 15 and they won one nothing so that's the kind of games they're winning um that's one of their five wins So, yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah Crazy. i feel bad for arizona fans but
0: um i'll oh, shout out our good friend owen cardi yeah yeah uh, hopefully they, bad,
1: hopefully they no. get that arena dealt with but um
0: no, yeah. move it to honestly.
1: Move it to move, move
0: it to Kansas City. Move it to uh, Quebec City. Move it to Houston. Hamilton. Like there, there are places. Houston, like yeah. there are places. You don't need a team in Arizona. Yeah. No. yeah. Although I, I say Houston, you don't need a team in Houston either. But it's a huge
1: metropolis. Uh, it's like going to yeah. Baby. That's why yeah. You-
0: yeah. A lot more money available. Um, okay. Last topic, you want to get into this? Let's let's do this.
1: Yeah, let's do this. I'm I'm really excited for this because Kieran already today in our chat got a bit I wouldn't say heated, but there was a live no, no, no. was
0: definitely some misunderstandings. You yeah. guys think I'm a pessimist like pessimist? I don't think like that's not what I was going for. I, but, I definitely think that what, what but, I think you need to do is, is be cautious. But let's get into it. So
1: Kieran obviously is the beloved uh, Canucks fan. Um, okay, I'm
0: not <sighs> I'm a Canucks fan, yes, but I like to view things more in an objective manner as we try. No, let's to
1: let's set this up for the listener. So obviously, let's talk about what Kieran's been waiting for for a long time. I don't know, maybe not as much about Travis Green, but Jim Benning finally fired after eight years of mediocrity, uh, replaced
0: worse oh, than mediocrity. Well,
1: that's true. Actually, they were really bad. Um, I guess the past couple of years, mediocrity and replaced with Jim Rutherford at first. They, they both fired Travis green and Jim Benning all at once replaced uh, Travis green immediately with boost Boudreau. Who's been a really good coach. Um, There
0: it is. uh,
1: Which uh, Vancouver fans have been doing on their six and O start under boost Boudreau. Um, Which is
0: historic because it never had that before. Yeah. Um, so, do
1: you, so what are your thoughts so far on Jim Rutherford? If you've kind of listened to what he's been talking about in interviews and mm. obviously Bruce Boudreaux, what have you liked? Of course, they're six and I I don't know what you could really not like so far, um, but uh, just give your, your thoughts for, for the team and we'll get into a bit more uh, later.
0: Right. So I think Bruce has brought in a, bit of a character I mean he's he's generally like from what media has been saying he's a very nice guy from players that have had him as a coach before they say that he's a really nice guy he has a very good track record in the um regular season and what's funny is that Jim Rutherford does not uh but in the playoffs he has a really good track record and Bruce Boudreau does not have a good track record so maybe the two will meet and maybe maybe that
1: gets you into the second round (laughs)
0: Yes, well, we shall see. Um, no, but I mean, in general, I think Bruce has been really good. He's made this team look really fun to watch again. I mean, the, I mean, this, I mean, not so Travis. Travis Green is a very good coach. Um, he's very meticulous. He knows the ins and outs of everything. He's very, uh, you know, you do this, you do that, and it usually works for him. I mean, there's a reason why Vancouver went on that run with a team that had a fair bit of holes in it. Yeah. Um,
1: twenty twenty, the bubble. Yeah,
0: but I mean, Bruce is he he's doing really well thus far. I, I think we need to be we shouldn't overreact. These these six games are six games. The hole that we've dug uh, greatly outweighs the six games that we've won. If if we want to make it to the playoffs, we're gonna have to win like three or four games out of every five. Like it is it is not a good ratio at this point. We but need to... to be
1: fair you're you're almost a 500 team now like you've basically recovered into a place to right. push to make a push
0: Well, that's also with edmonton losing like five games in a row although they won against columbus the last night i believe and then calgary lost like four or five games as well and then they're having their covid issues now mm-hmm. um and vegas has been at best and somehow somehow anaheim is winning um yeah, I, I think that's
1: not. I don't think that's going to continue. And if they, if they it, have you know, a really
0: good record right now,
1: if it does, um, I mean, we won't go into this point. I swear, I I don't know what the you know there must be, someone in the NHL must have done a like a study on this, um, but I feel like there's always one year where some team just hits dynamite and makes the playoffs that you would have never expected, right? Like,
0: oh, 100%. I think
1: of those sends teams in, like, the you know, the mid-2010s that made the playoffs that were really not that good. I can think of New Jersey a couple times. The Avalanche, the first year they made it, I think it was 18 or 17. The year after, they were atrocious. So, there's always a team that kind of well, rides
0: 45-point season or Yeah, something? yeah, and
1: the year after, they make the playoffs. So, um but I, I do think they'll they'll recede a little bit to the norm. But um, good for them; uh, they've been pretty bad for a couple of years now. So glad they're they're playing a bit better.
0: No, well, yeah, they, they are. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's I mean, gonna it, be tough. Yeah, there's a lot of work to that remains to be done. And I mean, if you start winning more and more games, like you go on the what was it like 15 and one run that the St. Louis Blues went on, then. Yeah, you have a really good chance of making it to the mm-hmm. playoffs because you completely dug yourself out of the grave, and then you've also built yourself some yeah. wiggle room to actually make it and you know do some damage. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Vancouver will do the same because you know, offensively, I think Vancouver has perhaps more high end talent than that St. Louis de- team did. De- yeah, did. Uh, I mean, Jaden Schwartz and Perron and. Uh O'Reilly, you know, they're very good players, but they're mm-hmm. more the hardworking and the you know 60 to 70 point players, you know, range. Uh Terra Sangle is on that team as well. Um Vancouver, I think if, if their players are actually hitting, they could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but defensively, oh my goodness, this is uh I mean it's it's not great. Yeah. We're fielding, I think like two, maybe three NHL defensemen. Yeah. Uh, or three now that um Oliver ekman Larson's is back, um, mm-hmm. you know Mister Chaos Giraffe Tyler Myers, uh, I want him as my fifth or sixth defenseman. I don't want him as my third. That is a yeah. scary thing to have. Um, no, but okay, like it's interesting to see what's happening. You mentioned Miller has you know seven points. Well, in five what games. do
1: you, what Fair? do you think? What do you think has led to them going on the six game streak? I think like what's changed.
0: It's, it's hard to tell because, you, I mean, one the only pause, plausible answer is, is there's a different voice in the room and that they're regained some confidence or that they're listening to the coach, which they might not have done before. Um, the power play looks more dynamic. I saw uh, JT Miller doing more like cross passes to Bo Horvat on the other mm-hmm. flank and then Horvat sniped it twice. So, I mean, you know, it, it's working um there's different ideas i guess in the room but um that that would be the only thing that comes to mind because i mean okay patterson has three points since you know boudreau came in he's playing better but Mm -hmm. he still has a ways to go like he's not playing into his you know consistent you know dominating style that he was before i mean and it's funny because he he really wasn't getting it done with bester and miller but there's more balance when with Miller as a center. Um, well, right you know, now, daily
1: Daily Faceoff has Pedersen as the third-line center. I, don't, I haven't been watching games.
0: He since. is. Yeah.
1: He's playing with decent players. He's playing with... Um, oh, he's playing with really
0: good players. He's playing with... Uh, Connor Garland, Garland,
1: who is a top-six player, and Paul Cozen, who was a first-round pick like two years ago. So it's not like he's playing with garbage players, but... He's not playing with Besser or... or
0: the thing there. is, Bess, uh, so Besser doesn't drive play. Connor Garland and uh, Pod Colson, they both drive play. Same with um, Nils oh, yeah. yeah, He yeah. also drives the play. Um and with Petey, I mean, he used to drive the play and he's not doing it now. So like, I, I don't know why, but it seems to be working with put Colson and, and Garland. They're, they're getting points. And even if Patterson doesn't get a point, I think his line got a point or two mm-hmm. um, last night again, or maybe, yeah, it was last night against San Jose. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's, there's more balance and it seems to be working Um I'd like to get into the Rutherford thing in a bit, but was there anything you else you wanted to mention about the? Uh...
1: Um, I guess, I guess, kind of two things. I, I didn't really put it in in our, our kind of lead up to the questions. Um, but uh, the first one is, do you, do you think? I know from our our resident uh, Canucks fan Dan Roberts, um, he's been kind of skeptical of of Demco sometimes. So I just wanted to know. Do you feel like he's the goalie? Like I know it's it's only really been a year and maybe like two years of him being really good, but do you think he's a goalie that can that can win the cup for you guys? Like, is he that kind of caliber goalie?
0: One hundred percent. Yeah. Is it nine
1: nineteen save percentage this year in this team's? I'll double check, check, but I think you're like twenty seventh in goals allowed. So,
0: but it's not him that's the issue. We cannot get the puck out of our own zone. Uh, which is courtesy of our three AHL defenseman that we're playing. It's
1: not as bad. It's 18th. I, it's not yeah. as bad.
0: Um, There's a reason why he was the first star of the week and could mm-hmm. have been like a week and a half, two weeks, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's not at fault when we concede a bunch of goals. I mean, he, he might let in the odd, you know, uh, you know,
1: bad goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but what goalie doesn't? Every that happens to every goalie. They um,
1: just. Can I just list like list out this the decor uh, decor from on daily faceoff right now for you?
0: My pleasure.
1: Uh, (laughs) So obviously you have Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers, which is not a good defensive core. Although Myers has been playing a bit better, and and Hughes has been all right, but no no kind of uh, defensive mastermind. His
0: offense is uh, outshining his defensive woes. Of course.
1: And then you have OEL and Kyle Burrows, who is an AHL player. Um, yeah. But I mean, he seems to be good. The games I've watched, he seems to be serviceable. Um, and then he's, your third-
0: he can't get the puck out of the zone. He's not a great <laughs> skater. He's yeah. kind of physical, but no, he's definitely an AHL level defenseman. The and only your, reason why he's in the lineup is because we can't put anyone else there. And
1: then your third core, your your third. Uh, Pairing is Bri- Guillaume Breezebois and Noel Juleson, who's been passed through a bunch of teams And Juleson and Breezebois, who's probably a year or two away, wouldn't you say? Like, he, he's still well, –
0: Breezebois, is 24. He's not yeah. a year or two okay. away. He's, okay, cool. Well, he's you're, an you're, AHL defenseman, and he's a seventh defenseman on a bad – or a mediocre De- team.
1: Decent team, yeah.
0: Um, No, okay, but – So, it, the reason why you're seeing Juleson and Breezebois is because Pullman – Shen, Brad Hunt, all have COVID. I think. COVID, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Pullman would normally be there, although he's a sixth defenseman. If we're being honest, um, Luke Shen, sixth at best. He's smart, but he needs someone good with him, and you don't trust him with the like. He he's smart. He's not going to make a stupid mistake, but um, like there's a reason why he's on the. Getting the fuck
1: out. Yeah, Yeah. Um.
0: And then Travis Hammock as well. But Travis Hammock, he can't skate. He's not great at moving the puck. Yeah. And he's semi-serviceable in a defensive setting. Mm-hmm. But if he can't skate and you can't, like, move the puck out of your own zone, I mean, at that point, are you really an NHL-level defenseman? Like, You're okay, just a pylon. Pretty much. He's a walking tree like Eric Branson, just not as physical and not as stupid. Yeah. Um, no. So th- there are obvious flaws. So – to answer your question, it's not Demko that's the issue. Really, it's just a poorly made defense score that yeah. was not, not like it, it was not addressed well.
1: So do, let's transition to the to the Rutherford. Like, how do you like what? Okay, I guess there's two ways to go about this, and 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 I'll just give the question first: Is like, are you do you feel confident in him, kind of as taking kind of the reins? Obviously, from Benning, it's a very different kind of situation but also what would you do to kind of put this team as a Stanley Cup contender if you were Rutherford like what ways would you address the problems
0: so we need to think about this in the way that Rutherford would think about this or are you asking how I would think about it because how I would think about it is different than how Rutherford would think I, I
1: want about. I want I want how you would approach it Right. Okay. So, to Rutherford, that's
0: basically. (laughs) That's a dangerous question because we are two university students, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that think differently with limited background in hockey operations. But, um, okay, to answer your first question, when we first started off the Rutherford talk, am I confident? Absolutely. 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 The first thing he said to the media, pretty much the first thing he called out Jim Benning for all the crap that he did, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, Rutherford said, you know, I'm not worried that they'll, tr-. so he said that he's not, he's not going to be trading away any of the pre- uh, any of the picks. Um, he says that was one, he said that lo- that was literally like one of the problems with Benning. He always, and the previous management is that they always wanted like a quick turnaround. Yeah. And so they always traded draft picks they always traded draft picks. They always traded prospects. I mean, you can't do that. Like teams that are good are good because they acquired draft picks, developed them, became good players. And then they brought in supporting cast betting did, I mean, he had a couple of good draft picks, but anything past the second round beyond Demko one year, they all flubbed. No one's good. And I'm sorry. If you have a draft pick within the first 10 spots, you can't miss. Like you really should oh, not. No, you can, you can, you, you, can several but,
1: times. you can, but you're, you should be getting, hitting way more than you're missing. Right. Yeah. Like you should be getting very good players like 70% of the time. Right.
0: Yeah. And is Jake for 10 and, you know,
1: uh, you will love
0: uh, Levy you And you know, one or two others, not great. And he traded away our last two first round picks. So like it, it is tricky. Right. Um. So, the fact that Rutherford actually addressed that, that that was an actual issue. I mean, I've been calling, I mean, not that anyone's listening to me from, you know, Canucks organization. Ne- i saying that we're way too short like minded, like short term minded. We right? need to think about the future. Think about how you're building a team that's not going to just make it to the playoffs, but build a team that can actually win the playoffs, build a team that can win the cup. If you just do these short changes, you're fixing a slight gap but that gap still like the the hole that you fix is going to create a hole somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas if you're drafting players, you're developing players, they will fix those holes. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm hoping Rutherford will do. So he mentioned that he's not going to be trading away picks. Likely he's going to be trading away players to get picks. And I mean, uh, Tanner Pearson, I would imagine is going to be one of those players. He's the kind of player like Blake Coleman, like, uh, I mean, Yanni Gordon, not the same type of player, but the kind of player that you need to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be doing that for Vancouver. Yeah. And Rutherford, interestingly enough, traded uh, for Pearson from LA and then traded Pearson to Vancouver yeah. for Eric Branson. Now, that was – I mean, at the time, he needed the defenseman, and that was a hole that he fixed. But, I mean – didn't really pan out, but I mean, whatever, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. The point is, I expect certain players to be, you know, to be traded away. I mean, he averaged, I think, like one or two trades per month as his GMs. Like that, that's a lot of trades mm-hmm. in a calendar year. Most GMs don't do that or aren't as aggressive in that sense. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's just interesting to see what he'll do in that regard. Um, I think also, He's going to be looking more. I think media thinks that he's going to be looking short term as well as slightly long term. I think he's going to notice that this team, although we don't need to rebuild, we have the core there. And by the core, I mean Pedersen's 23, Bester's 24, Horvat's 26, supporting cast with Pod Colson and Holglander are 20, 20 yeah. you know, Garland's 25, Miller's 28. You don't re sign Miller. I don't think you can re sign Miller. So, if you don't re sign Miller, and I'd be thinking to the future, then you can have a better decor. Because right now, our decor, Oliver Eckman Larson, who's what, 31, I think, 30, 31, and then Quinn Hughes, who's 22. Like, there's literally no one else. So, that's an obvious hole. If you don't sign Miller, you can use some of that money to address the defense issues. Yeah. And I think that's how, I think that's what he's going to do. Um, Obviously, we we never know, but you know, bring or getting back to your question, I, I think he's gonna be more patient and not as you know exactly. non- neurotic, but just like, there's a famous jim benning quote yeah we don't worry too much about something or whatever we focus more on the day-to-day and the (laughs) day-to-day and you know it's really a day-to-day kind of thing that we look at things it's like how are you a gm if all you're thinking about is the day-to-day
1: yeah yeah
0: it's ridiculous sorry I'll, I'll, i'll chime in there
1: no i i definitely agree i i guess so basically what you're saying is you think rutherford will probably trade someone like Miller, Pearson, uh, Pearson, kind of like an old, a more older guy. Um,
0: Brandon Sutter, he got rid of Brandon, Brandon Sutter in every single opportunity that he had.
1: Brandon Sutter and and traded for a defenseman that you know maybe like with Miller, you could definitely get a top four defenseman with a player like that, um, yeah, or get the 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 capital like draft capital to trade for a top four defenseman. Um, and then with maybe with uh, Tanner Pearson, you can get some draft capital again to use to, to, to get cap, maybe cap space in the summer um, and then use that draft capital to then, you know, kind of replenish it with a with a, another defenseman. So um, yeah. I will say just as a track record with Rutherford, um, definitely traded his first round picks a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time that those Pittsburgh teams were really cap crunched. And he was always very good at kind of finding pieces around it. And I think that's, I mean, I haven't heard a lot of the media talk about that, that kind of narrative or like idea, but I, he, those teams never had cap space and they find guys like Justin Schultz for not a lot of money or.
0: Well, they um, turn him into a good defense and like. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh,
1: Trevor
0: Daly.
1: Uh, Trevor Daly. Uh, yeah. Daly. Right. And yeah. guys that they could play kind of, you know, like if you look at that 2017 team, like their decors, like Ron Hainsey, Trevor Daly, like it's not anyone. Chris
0: tang was their only like really competent defender. And he was only
1: there in 2016, 2017, he was out with the, uh, with an injury. So, yeah. um, but again, they had cap issues. Right. So he was very good about kind of managing that. And, and so I think that's something that this team really needs because as you mentioned, uh, not, right uh, in our discussion so far, but in our group chat, you know, like they, they are pretty tied to the cap right now. Right. And to find ways to improve your team um, without basically just dumping guys and losing draft capital. Right. Um, Mm. Which is essentially what they did for, you know, Ekman Larson and, and, and those. It's
0: what Benning did every single opportunity he had pretty much. I, I
1: don't, I don't see, I don't see Rutherford for doing that. I see him trading guys out and bringing guys in, right, and kind of just exchanging. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, what would you do if you were at the at the helms of, of the Vancouver Canucks right now? How would you kind of try to bring this team that clearly has enough talent in the next couple of years to to be a contender, but um, due to a bad decor right now and, and cap uh, problems, I guess. Um, is probably not right there to, to win a cup, at least not this year.
0: Definitely not this year. No, no, no. Anyone who thinks of Vancouver, I mean, chances of making it to the playoffs are pretty slim to begin with. Um, if we don't keep on winning games, then it's not going to happen, uh, obviously. But, no, I, I think the one thing you need to do is is reassess what this team is, is. Reassess how they play under Bruce Boudreaux. Reassess what we have in the system. And in the system – For a team that's playing this poorly, not recently under Bruce, but just in general, we have precious little in the way of players coming up, which is really worrisome. Um, That that really cannot be the case, but it is in the Vancouver situation. We only have two players maybe coming up in uh, Jack Rathbone, who's at the AHL level. Mm -hmm. Um, There's hopes that Jet Wu can become an NHL player, but we, we don't know yet. Um, and then there's a uh, we, we drafted a guy from I think Belarus, mm-hmm. who was I think like 40th overall last year. Yeah, um, he second. looks decent, but he still needs time before he can maybe make it to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, there's precious little. There's really, really nothing in the system. Uh, and then of course our, our goalie Di Pietro, we think that he can make the next step, mm-hmm. maybe not next year, but the year after. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that there's no one and that's that's really worrisome so to answer the question be meticulous reassess what you have in the system what you don't have in the system reassess what you have in your current roster and don't make moves for the short term figure out how your players are going to work out like we still need to sign Brock Besser after at the end of this season yeah and then at the end of next season Horvat and Miller are off contract I mean, right now, JT Miller is making like uh, six hard. point or sorry, uh, 5.25. He's definitely getting a raise by at least 2 million. Yeah. Vancouver can't afford that. Yeah. So what do you do? You have to reassess. Is, is it worth keeping him for that money? Or do you, I mean, he's a great player, but he'll be 30 at that point. So you need to be careful. Um. And then at that point, uh, Horvat will be 28, and he's making 5.5. Mm-hmm. I, I'd assume he'll make probably 6.5 to 7.5 with his yeah. next contract. Mm-hmm. So these are things you need to think about, and that's where I'm. That's the one thing that always anchored me about uh, Jim Benning is he never thought about that, mm-hmm. and that's where we, you know, dug ourselves in so many different holes. It's like the cap is there, and we need to understand the cap not just in the short term, yeah. but in the long term as well. So, and, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, so like maybe just to kind of bring this all to like kind of a the end is so what do you think's next for the Canucks? Like, do you do you envision that Rutherford will trade one of their you know forwards? I think uh, yeah. Do you think he'll kind of stand pat and just kind of you know get a you know a lottery pick this year and then kind of go from there and then maybe address in the off season? Do you think they'll kind of sell at the deadline? Like, what do you kind of think? What's kind of next for the Canucks?
0: I think they're going to sell a few players at the deadline, get some draft capital. Um, And then I think next year, we're going to start seeing some bigger trades, Mm -hmm. like players that, you know, we can't have on contract later on, like Mm -hmm. your JT Miller. Um, There's even consideration for maybe not keeping Horvath. And as sad as that would be, it would also make sense to, you know, I mean, that is if Pedersen can... You know, really make that next step and be consistent. Yeah. Um. You know, th- there's that talking point, and it, you need to consider it mm-hmm. because if if we're waiting another year or two, is Horvat still considered the core? Mm-hmm. So I think he's. I think this year Jim Rutherford's going to be more. You know, patient. Um. Trade away some players to get some draft picks and so on. Maybe acquire some. You know, prospects. Mm -hmm. um or similar players to like a garland kind of thing where you know they're ufa but you can acquire that and give them a relatively decent you know three to five million contract that you know they can grow into in a sense um and then afterwards i think it's just going to be a retool the the core is there we just need to retool and we need to address the decor which you know if i'm thinking. You know, although th- this could be like the Winnipeg Jets in the sense of um, they oh. didn't have a decor, but you could acquire some players for a decor and be better. Yeah. You know, the goal is there. The offense, once they're consistent and actually playing a proper, you know, c- competitive and, and confident game, the offense is there. It's just finding the decor and yep. finding the right pieces for that.
1: No, I, I completely agree. I actually think the, the future isn't too bad there. Um, I, I think the one thing I'd add is if there's any way you can get off Myers' contract, I would do it, but I would not do it in a buyout. And I would not do it in, unless you're kind of getting something in return, you know, like if mm-hmm. you could get like a, a mediocre player, but maybe he's making 4.5 million, right? Like a forward even, um, but just kind of help the cap, and and even with the Luongo coming off next year, you're only really gaining with the Holtby and Vertanen buyouts. You're only really gaining like a million dollars, which sucks. But and
0: scratch that million because of Halak's uh, Halax contract. He's getting yeah. an extra one and a half million, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Next. So year. whatever money we make from the Luongo. Well, ne- next next
1: next year he isn't. He's not mm-hmm. signed. He's not signed for next year.
0: No, no, but the the way it's like cap. The way that his contract is outlined, mm-hmm. it it like goes on to the like cap next season or something like that. Oh, it, it's it's weird. It's, it's a little finicky. But okay, the money right. that we save from Luongo is not being. Oh, that's actually well, saved. I like, think spent.
1: I think what we can take away from our discussion on the Canucks is that uh, they are a bit a ways off, but there is there is hope, and if it's managed decently correctly i don't even think you need to be crazy
0: you don't need to hit on every level but you but, need some competence yeah there.
1: you have you have the pieces in place to, to be a cup contender in a, in a couple years right and i think that's what canucks fans really haven't had since you know you know the the old mike gillis days and in, in the yeah. late 2010s and obviously 2011 cup run when they were a game away so um I think the future is bright, and and they're they're not too far. I, I agree, though. Um, mm. In the end, if if you're a Canucks fan and you think you're you're going to win the cup or go deep in the playoffs, it's probably a bit kind of this naive, season not happening. Naive, um, but it, it would be nice for them to to play well and and have a kind of good end of the year and and end on like as a as a solid team, kind of like the Sens, you know, like it's very similar in the sense of you want them to play well but you know this year it's not uh, it's not necessarily bad if they were to 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 be a, a bad team in a you, sense you want a high, high lottery note. pick right and 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 getting a high draft pick and helping the team get better for the future
0: you you definitely want to end on a high note that you can go into the next season and be confident in yourself and what the team can achieve yeah, exactly. Don't overestimate it, like Jim Bennington. And, and imagine if you guys imagine
1: it. if you guys get Shane Wright. Like, I'm not saying that's it's possible. Likely, I mean,
0: unlikely, but but,
1: but, it's, possible. but it, it's possible. And then that puts you at a whole nother level where you have, you know, you really can trade a forward, right? Or let's say you get the third overall pick and you get, you know, a guy that will be ready next year, right? And to be serviceable, you can offload a JT Miller or a Bo Horvat and you can start getting yeah. defensemen and, and move the money around. So I, I think, I think it's, 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 it's a good time in a weird way to be a Canucks fan. And especially since they've been six and zero under mm-hmm. goose Boudreaux. So anyways, yeah. you, we can, we can wrap up.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll leave it there. A lot of things to think about and a lot of things to talk about in the future. Uh, only the future knows what's going to happen. So we, we shall remain an and a couple times. times. <laughs> yes righty me- well, with that, sorry,
1: I said great musician.
0: Great. <laughs> well, with that being said, thank you very much, dear listener, for tuning in this week, and we will be back next week to bring you some more. Uh, I don't know footy action. Yeah, I think we'll be footy, action?
1: but with COVID yeah. too, it's hard to know. But we'll we'll figure yeah. it out.
0: Well, we'll do it then. And Until then, take care.